Welcome to Declassified Live. There's always that weird little delay when I start the show, isn't there? There's always that strange little delay when I'm waiting to see if the stream goes live. Got a lot to talk about today. We have two pretty big stories out there. The first uh, is Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer who was the attorney to some very senior people, Andrew McCabe, James Comey. She then worked on Robert Mueller's team. Of course, you know Lisa Page. She and her boyfriend, Peter Stroke, who were both having extramarital affairs, well, they exchanged about 50,000 anti-Trump text messages. Pretty reprehensible stuff. Well, now, in the true spirit of today's FBI and DOJ, the FBI and DOJ that have an absolute disdain for America and for justice, she's defying a congressional subpoena to testify. She will not testify. The other story is about comedian Sasha Baron Cohen, who used to be really funny when he did the Ali G show, and something disgraceful that he did to Sarah Palin. And also remember, you can super chat with us. There's that little icon down there. It looks like a dollar sign. Chat stream is getting busy, or you just love the show. Donate a couple of bucks. Throw a couple of bucks our way. I'll go to lunch and think about you. No, it'll, what it'll do is it'll uh, put your chat up in a very bold banner, a graphic. It'll make it stand out. It'll go to the top of our priority list. And that's the topic we'll discuss. John Zeeland, good morning, my friend. Akash Singh, Indian National Congress. Don't know what you mean by that, but welcome to the show. And D.U.F. Berlick says, hi, all. Well, hi. Well, I'm sure you guys have seen it by now. Lisa Page, the texting mistress of embattled, disgraced, could be fired FBI agent, Peter Strzok is refusing to testify. Now, she was subpoenaed to testify before the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees. They're, they're doing a joint uh, committee meeting, committee hearing. Bob Goodlatte, the chairman of the House Judiciary, is slamming her. Chuck Grassley is chairman of the Senate Judiciary, Bob Goodlatte, of the House, slamming her, slamming her. Now, Representative Ron DeSantis is slamming her as well. Here's what Bob Goodlatte said. I'm reading from a Fox News piece. Quote, Lisa Page is a key witness, and it is critical that she come before our committees to answer questions as part of our investigation. He said she had known for months. Bob Goodlatte said this, quote, it appears that Lisa Page has something to hide. She has known for months that the House Judiciary Committee has sought her testimony as part of our joint investigation with the Oversight Committee into decisions made by the Justice Department in 2016. And she has no excuse for her failure to appear. Chairman Goodlatte is right. Ron DeSantis, conservative representative from here in Florida's district is up on the Treasure Coast near Kennedy Space Center. He's also running for governor of Florida. He's the front runner now on the Republican side, and he'll be the big front runner. He said, uh, he tweeted yesterday, Anti-Trump FBI lawyer Lisa Page is defying a congressional subpoena because she doesn't want to answer questions or be held accountable. Pathetic. Representative Jim Jordan said, Lisa Page ignores congressional subpoena, once again showing the double standard. One set of rules for regular Americans, a different set of rules for the swamp. And House Freedom Caucus leader, Representative Mark Meadows of North Carolina said, the statement from Lisa Page's attorneys could have been better summed up in one short sentence. We're choosing to ignore a congressional subpoena. Now, Paula Reed, her attorney, basically, I won't read you the whole statement because it's kind of pointless and useless and it's really just a big excuse. Her attorney is saying, well, 
we didn't have enough time to prepare for this testimony. Nonsense. You've known you were under investigation since 2017. You were under OIG investigation. You've known Congress wants to talk to you. But you claim you don't have time to prepare. Well, then they changed their statement a little bit and said, well, we needed documents from the FBI to prepare. We went up to FBI headquarters, Lisa Page and her lawyer, in this statement through her lawyer, I'm paraphrasing. We went up to FBI headquarters and they made us sit around for three hours and they didn't give us anything. Now that I believe because the FBI won't even give documents to Congress, nor will the Department of Justice. So it, the whole thing is just really, really, really pathetic. Really pathetic. And uh, John Zeland says, Trump kicking ass at NATO, he is. But I want to do NATO tomorrow because I want to see what shakes out today. We do the show so early in the day. I think things are going to get really frosty today with their responses and everything else. So, John, I'm glad you brought it up because I know people want to know about NATO, but I, uh, I'm going to do NATO tomorrow because I think we're going to have a lot more content. And I'm sure Trump is going to give us some zingers. I'm sure he's going to insult people to the point where I'm going to laugh trying to tell you about it. But uh, let's wait on that one for one day. And then these stories uh, today are pretty topical. Well, of course, Lisa Page is defying a subpoena. Now, Peter Strzok is set to testify tomorrow to the Joint Committee. I think he's scheduled for something like two hours. It could go longer. You know what he's probably going to do? He's going to be as smug and defiant as he was in the closed-door committee meeting. Hell, why would, he, why would he tell the American people anything that he wouldn't tell Congress people in a classified setting, in a closed-door setting? I think he's going to be smug, defiant, plead the fifth. Now, any other, any other, <coughs> excuse me, any other sitting FBI agent, hold that thought, would probably be fired. Well, they already probably would have been fired. See, the FBI has a different administrative process for firing than other agencies under DOJ. The DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, for example, there's an administrative process to fire a DEA agent. The FBI treats their agents more like private sector employees. You're essentially, they used to call it an at-will employee. You can be fired at any time for cause. Well, I would say, while you're on the taxpayer clock, sending your mistress 50,000 biased text messages against an investigative subject over your government phones, eh, that's cause to be fired. I would assume on any planet, as the uh, FBI James Comey, former FBI Director James Comey likes to say, any reasonable prosecutor, any reasonable person, any reasonable. And so we, um, we, uh, we now have Lisa Page and Peter Strzok being incredibly, defiant. Now, let's be realistic. Lisa Page, in all probability, isn't defying the subpoena because she doesn't have some records. She's defying the subpoena because she's screwed. If she pleads the fifth, she looks ridiculously guilty. If she tells the truth, she sinks a lot, a lot of people and probably exposes Mueller. And you could bet your bottom dollar that right now, Lisa Page, Lisa Page is being pressured from all Sides, from all sides, uh, and 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 uh, MD uh, uh, Meditech. I'm going to read one comment right now because it's pertinent. It says, so Rosenstein probably gave all the documents the committee didn't ask for by last try and meeting them out as slow as they can. Oh, okay. So you're saying that they didn't. That Rosenstein didn't provide documents. No, I don't think they're going to even slow drip the documents out. I think whatever the FBI and DOJ has is so damning, so damning that too many heads would roll. And they are terrified doing damage control. But again, Lisa Page refusing to testify. 
Peter Strzok being this smug dick, to be quite honest, it, they, are, they, they are proving, proving that Jeff Sessions is completely, completely checked out, completely powerless. Powerless. Terrible, terrible, terrible. We have zero leadership at the Department of Justice. The FBI is a subordinate agency to the Department of Justice. The FBI director reports to the United States Attorney General. The United States Attorney General is doing nothing. This, this ridiculous dog and pony show appointing John Huber, the uh, U.S. attorney in Utah, as special prosecutor. Now, understand something. There's a big difference between a special prosecutor and a special counsel. A special counsel acts, as you see with Mueller, as its own sort of independent mini Department of Justice. They have tremendous power, too much power. It's unconstitutional. Many argue that. I now am convinced it's unconstitutional. Hypocritically, though, I wouldn't mind seeing a second special counsel because the first special counsel is so corrupt. So I think we need a second special counsel to investigate the first special counsel and then let's put special counsels to bed. If DOJ is too incompetent or too powerless to do the job, then let's change the top of DOJ. All right? That's a special counsel. They run like a mini DOJ, a lot of power, a lot of power, their own budget, autonomous. A special prosecutor that Huber is, is merely a United States attorney from one district with an extended geographical mandate to work in a different district. The problem there is Huber still reports to Rosenstein, who's the number two man at DOJ. So nothing's going to get done with Huber. Sessions doesn't want to do anything. Rosenstein doesn't want to do anything. So Huber's not going to do anything. Well, Brendan Hall, you don't need to impeach Jeff Sessions. He serves at the leisure of the president of the United States. The president can fire the attorney general because it's a rainy Tuesday and the president doesn't like rainy Tuesdays. The executive branch, the president of the United States, doesn't need any reason to fire either his FBI director. He doesn't need any reason to fire his uh, attorney general. He doesn't need any reason to fire any cabinet secretary, administrator, anybody under his control. Now, Meditech also just referenced the book, Alan Dershowitz's new book, The Case Against Impeaching Trump, the last thing Democrat in the U.S. I've spoken to Alan Dershowitz several times over the last couple of weeks on this. And he thinks that Robert Mueller's investigation is patently unconstitutional. He believes special counsels are unconstitutional. He believed Ken Starr was he, uh, under Bill Clinton. He believed that Fitzgerald was during George W. Bush. And he believes Robert Mueller is now. And, and Alan Dershowitz is being excoriated for this. A longtime friend of his up on Martha's Vineyard said she wanted to uh, stab him in the chest. Stab him in the chest because of his support for Trump. Gail Cockman is asking me, do I think Jeff Sessions is doing nothing because he knows more? He has, no re- he has reasons for his silence? No. That's one of those conspiracy theories? No. No. A leader leads. Jeff Sessions needs to be up on a podium saying, I realize there are issues. We're getting to the bottom of it. Jeff Sessions, I will tell you this from my sources in D.C., he is completely checked out. I was asked by people about a month and a half ago, very close to the White House, to go easy on Jeff Sessions. They said there may be more going on behind the scenes. We were just read into something. There may be more. Go easy on Sessions. You might see something you like very soon. About a week and a half after that, they said, nope, false alarm. He's completely useless. He's doing nothing. I had somebody very, very close to the president of the United States say to me, Jeff Sessions was the biggest mistake we ever made. Don't believe, again, I tell you every day, don't believe these QAnon conspiracies and Jeff Sessions is stealthy assassin behind the scenes taking down the deep state. 
Jeff Sessions was the deep state for decades in the Senate. He's not taking anybody down. Jeff Sessions thought he was going to go out there, prosecute legal weed, do some civil asset seizure, go after immigration and have an easy run as a criminally centric attorney general. He never thought he was going to have to deal with massive, massive institutional government corruption. Jeff Sessions, maybe he knows more than he's letting on, but he ain't going to do anything about it. Okay, Jeff Sessions is not this stealthy, silent assassin in the background. Believe me. Believe me. James Farmer asks, why was Rod Rosenstein and Giuliani smiling at each other like they're buddies? Well, they know each other for a long time. They both worked in the Department of Justice for many, many, many years. But that doesn't mean that they won't be adversarial. Giuliani is on the offensive. Rosenstein is on the defensive. Look, they're friends. We're colleagues. They walk into a room with each other. They can smile, say hello. I'm sure over the years, their families have gotten to know each other. They've gone to the same parties. It's never easy. People don't live in a bubble. They don't live. We don't live in this, in this insulated bubble. Giuliani's career began in the Department of Justice. He was the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. He was a, a very well-known federal prosecutor prior to that appointment. And so he and Rod Rosenstein know each other. He and James Comey know each other. He and Bob Mueller know each other. For years, these guys were senior DOJ people and colleagues. But it doesn't mean <clears throat> that all that doesn't change. That dynamic doesn't change. And now they're adversaries. Because at the end of the day, I think Rudy Giuliani is perplexed by all this. And if you remember, you probably don't. But Rudy Giuliani's mayoralty in New York back in the 1990s from uh, 1994... Uh, he actually was elected in 93, took office in January in 94. And New York City has mayor election, mayor elections on off years. And his, his, um, his tenure ran through to 2001. Rudy Giuliani uh, was up for re-election two months after 9-11. And he was termed out. I'm sorry, my mistake. He wasn't up for re-election. Michael Bloomberg gave himself a third term. Rudy Giuliani was termed out. Uh, they wanted to extend his term. But uh, the city commission didn't, uh, the city council didn't want to do it. A whole long story. They did it then for Bloomberg's. He paid for it, but whole other show. Uh, but uh, Giuliani ran New York City through the 1990s. And if you remember anything about it, and that's when I was with the police department, Giuliani's mayoralty was really a microcosm of Trump's presidency. He treated the media the same way as very hostile. <clears throat> he ran the city, ran as a Republican. People said he's too conservative, but he actually ran as a Republican liberal, interestingly enough. Giuliani was pretty open-minded on social issues, but he was a doer. He was a results-oriented guy. He just wanted to get from A to B in the most efficient way possible and make B a success. So that's how Giuliani is not treating his role as Trump's attorney. And Lisa Page, back to the topic at hand, the FBI lawyer who's now defying a congressional subpoena, is giving him even more ammunition. Much more ammunition. Uh, and uh, 777 is saying, after the Seth Rich disclosure yesterday, Rosenstein is implicated as one of the most crooked of the crooks. I don't believe it. I don't believe that a DEA and an ATF agent killed Seth Rich. <clears throat> Sorry, I know Jack Berkman, the uh, radio host and TV host behind this. I know Jack. I happen to like Jack. I think Jack's a really good guy and he's a really smart guy. I think Jack is way off on this one. And I think that they are putting together very loosely collected investigative evidence to come up with a theory that'll get them some media attention. I, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. And I don't buy it, and I say that, and I consider Jack a colleague and an ally, and I think he's a good guy, and I like the guy. I think this is just way out there, and they're treading dangerously close to implicating law enforcement people in something they didn't do. It's not good for the country. It's not good for the rich family. But what's worse is that we have 
Lisa Page defying a congressional subpoena. We have Peter Strzok defying. He's going he's gonna to show up, but Peter Strzok is going to show up and he's going to do what we expect him to do, right? He's going to blow it off. He's going to make a mockery of it. He's going to treat it as unimportant. <clears throat> he's going to treat it as his little playground. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Andrew McCabe was criminally referred. He's not been charged. James Comey was criminally referred to DOJ by Congress. He's not been charged. Peter Strzok gets to go to work every day in the FBI with a badge and a gun, right? He was escorted out of the building that one time, probably because they were searching his office. Last I heard, he's back in the building, if he so wishes. Lisa Strzok was able to voluntarily leave the FBI. We know that these agencies were weaponized against Donald Trump. We know that now. There's no mystery. We know that the FISA warrant was obtained under false pretenses. None of this is a secret anymore. None of this is a secret anymore. David Barnes, I'm going to get to Sasha Baron Cohen in a moment. But, but uh, none of this is a secret. Nobody wants to do anything. So MD asks, fair statement, Ari Sessions, but what's next? Why doesn't Trump eject the useless son of a gun and replace with somebody who'll actually act? So let me address that. Very pertinent to what we're talking about. Jeff Sessions got there and he thought it was going to be a typical attorney general run. Prosecute some crimes, have a couple of high profile cases. He never thought he had to take on the entire U.S. government's deep. Many of those people, colleagues of his for decades. All right. An older man, he simply didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. He wants all this to go away. The reason Trump can't just replace him is Mitch McConnell. They're old friends, he and Jeff Sessions. Mitch McConnell has made it clear to the president, I've been told this by many, many sources in D.C., very close to the White House, and it comports, I was even told this by the chief of staff to a sitting U.S. senator who disagrees with this. Mitch McConnell basically went to the president and said, Jeff's our guy, leave him alone. We will never confirm anybody if you fire him. If Jeff gets tired and he steps down on his own, do what you want to do. But until then, he's staying attorney general if you want to get, if you want to get your judges and other appointments through. And that's what it's all about. Mitch McConnell and the other old guard senators want their buddy Jeff Sessions as AG, and they don't want him to be embarrassed with the firing. The health of the country and the confidence in federal law enforcement be damned. And that's why. And that's, and that's why Jeff Sessions is still there. And it's kind of deep statey, right? institutional senators, not as sexy or conspiratorial as you think, secret information. Nah, it's just that his buddies in the Senate don't want to see him fired in disgrace. So they're playing a political game and saying, hey, look, you fire Jeff Sessions. We're not going to confirm anybody else. And then what happens? Well, then you're stuck with Rod Rosenstein really running the Department of Justice. That one's a lose-lose for Trump. He never should have appointed Sessions. He never should have appointed Sessions. Con David says it's official then. It's all been a toothless dog and pony show. Yeah, it has. It really, really has. The IG report, if you really dig into the IG report, the IG report really only finds administrative run. When you understand how to read these things, and you've, you've dealt with them over the years, it doesn't indicate criminality. There's nothing prosecutable in the IG report. Now, with regards to Peter Strzok, nothing he's done to date appears to be prosecutable. Sending text messages should be fireable, but it's not criminal. However, if we find out that he altered the 302s, the witness report, and those alterations resulted in charges against people like General Flynn and George Papadopoulos, well, then we're talking about obstruction of justice. Then we're talking about abuse of authority. Then we're talking about criminal charges, evidence tampering, 
big ones. Then we're talking about something else. The OIG is looking into that now. Do you have a lot of confidence? I don't. But if we had an ethical and honest system and an investigative process and infrastructure, then we'd probably see criminal charges if, big if, they could prove they had probable cause that he altered the 302s. That's a big if right now when you look at the totality of everything else going on. The totality of everything else going on. MD says, so put the bloody arm on McConnell to convince Sessions to move out. How? He's the Senate Majority Leader. Right now, we've got a Supreme Court judge to get through and about 100 other appointments to fill that need confirmation by the Senate. Politics being what they are, right now, McConnell's holding the cards on that sort of thing. So you got to play his game. You'll eventually have leverage on McConnell. Trump will, but that's just the ebb and flow nature of politics. Right now, he doesn't. Now, if more damning information surfaces that really put Sessions in a negative light, well, then you have leverage on McConnell, right? Then you go to McConnell and you say, okay, Mitch, you're going to convince him to step down or we're going to bring this to light and we're going to go to the American people and tell them that you're the reason he's staying as attorney general, that you will not confirm anyone else. Trump goes out there and he says, hey, Rosenstein's worse. He's worse. Mitch McConnell won't confirm anybody in America. What are you going to do about it? But there's a time to do that. There's a time to do that. Gail Kochman uh, brings up an interesting point, or Kochman, Gail, sorry if I said your name incorrectly. Or what about the FISA? Well, the, you talked about the FISA warrant application that Rosenstein said, well, he didn't even read, he just signed it. Terrible, but he's getting away with it. At any other point in history, he'd be called the task on that. But again, Jeff Sessions is his boss. That's the guy who should be calling him out. And he won't. He won't. What are you going to do? When you've got these, these DOJ former employees, and mind you, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page are not really senior people. They're not really senior people. They're you know, middle to upper level management, but they're not people that made policy. Strzok was a senior investigator. Page was a lawyer reporting to senior people. She wasn't an agent. She wasn't a, a gun and, and badge carrying sworn FBI agent. She was merely a lawyer for the agency. And... Uh, she, uh, Cheesy45 says, thanks for the stream. Thanks for watching. Sorry you had to leave so quickly. I know we're doing these early now. Um, but uh, Lisa Page wasn't even an agent. She was a lawyer who happened to start sleeping with an agent who was in the know. They both hated Trump. What you find is that many, many government agencies are institutionally Democrat. Why? Because Democrats like big government. And government employees who like power like big government. They like to be your ruling overlords, don't they? CIA is institutionally left. Forget the State Department. I don't think you could ever clean that out. You're never going to be able to clean that out. MD says, makes sense, John. Here's hoping. I've always liked Sessions, but this has really scummed him up. Never thought Sessions was a coward, but that's the only word for this. I have to agree. I think Jeff Sessions is a nice man. I think he's an honorable man. But he was a senator for a lot of years. And when you're one of 100, it's very hard to be the top guy. When you're one of 100 and you were never the leader, you were never leadership, majority leader, key leader. You weren't a governor. You weren't in an executive position. Very hard to then take the reins of an executive level, executive level agency and not manage by consensus. And that appears to be what Jeff Sessions did. He fell back on his Senate experience and he managed by consensus, consulting with Rosenstein and Bruce Orr and James Comey at the time, all people working against Donald Trump. 
Sessions was advised to recuse. He was advised to do many, many things to weaken him at DOJ, and he did them. Because again, he was so used to being a senator, one of 100, that he didn't know how to step in and say, no, 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 I want everything on my desk by 7.30 tomorrow morning. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to see what the hell went on here. I'm going to make a decision. And if I determine heads are going to roll, they're going to roll. That's what a leader would have done. But Jeff Sessions wasn't in that role for 30 some odd years. He was one of 100 senators who had to go along to get along, to cut deals, to get stuff done. He was the wrong guy. Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York City. Many people call it the second most difficult political job in the country after president. Giuliani would have gone in and said exactly that. On my desk, I want to know what the hell's going on. I'm going to make decisions and heads are going to roll and I'm going to decide who those heads are. We appointed the wrong guy, attorney general. We appointed the wrong guy. 777 is asking them, why are the upper echelon stalling and slow walking all the documents, possibly jeopardizing themselves in the process? Jeopardizing themselves with whom? They're the people who have to make the call to prosecute themselves. Robert Mueller is their ally. Trump is being advised by lawyers inside the White House to not appoint a second special counsel to go easy. Being given very bad advice. That's why I keep saying Trump needs a second. I don't, I hate special counsels. I hate them. But he needs a second special counsel to investigate the first special counsel on the Department of Justice because the Office of Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General, still reports to Jeff Sessions. And as a result, Rod Rosenstein. The whole thing is corrupt. Can't investigate yourself when there's extensive wrongdoing in your ranks. Can't investigate yourself. Just can't do it. That's why we need a second special counsel. Or we need the Office of Inspector General to no longer fall under the Department of Justice. The OIG, after this, might need to be an independent entity who reports only to the President of the United States, a lateral agency to DOJ, equal in power, where where its agency head is cabinet level, and they report to the President, the Chief of Staff of the White House. But I would even want them to report only to the President bypassing the chief of staff. That's what I think we need. Now, onto this story about Sasha Baron Cohen. How disgusting. So you remember this guy. He did the Ali G show, and it's really disappointing. I thought he was pretty damn funny when he did it. His interviews were great. Well, got a new uh, show for Showtime, and the show is called, uh, what's this show called? Who, what's the name of the show? Who is America? Well, in it, Cohen and his European frailty, you know, the little beta boy, decides to mock Americans, conservative Americans, goes after Dick Cheney. But the really bad one is Sarah Palin. Now, full disclosure, I've gotten to know Sarah Palin. I really like her. She's a really nice woman, great family, really nice, good people. They did nothing to deserve their attacks when they ran in, when she ran as VP in 2008 alongside John McCain. Sarah Palin's a good person, very down to earth, very nice, uh, like I said, I've gotten to know her, spent a lot of time with her in D.C. a month, month and a half ago. Uh, we were at, we, we sort of put together the same event where she was the keynote speaker. And we have a mutual colleague, a very close friend of mine, is a close friend of hers. And we got to know each other professionally. And uh, actually spent a, a really interesting day with Sarah Palin at the Smithsonian when I was in D.C. We got a private tour of the Smithsonian's gun collection. Awesome. It was awesome. That's a whole other story for another show. Anyway. Sarah Palin was asked by Sasha Baron Cohen to travel across the country to be interviewed. Didn't know it was him. 
she thought she was being asked to travel across the country. Went with one of her daughters. She often travels with one of her daughters. She thought she was going across the country to be interviewed by a disabled veteran. She thought she was helping out a veterans charity. When she got there, it was Cohen disguised as a disabled veteran, mocking her, mocking Americans, and in effect, mocking disabled veterans. Let me read you Sarah Palin's quote. It quote, out of respect for what I was led to believe would be a straight, would be a thoughtful discussion with someone who had served in uniform. I sat through a long interview full of Hollywoodisms, disrespect, and sarcasm, but finally had enough and literally physically removed my mic and walked out, much to Cohen's chagrin. The disrespect of our U.S. military and middle-class Americans via Cohen's foreign commentaries under the guise of interview questions was perverse. He went on to say, Mock politicians and innocent public personalities all you want, if that lets you sleep at night. But how dare you mock those who have fought and served our country? Truly sick. Now, Sarah Palin's son served in combat in Iraq. He's a combat veteran. Her daughter, Bristol's, uh, had a baby. Sarah Palin has a grandchild, the father of which is Dakota Meyer, the Medal of Honor recipient. This is a military family that sacrificed. But even if they weren't, How disgraceful, how disgraceful of Sasha Baron Cohen to mock disabled veterans. Look, I'm all for controversial comedy. I am. I'm a First Amendment guy. But I've got my First Amendment rights too. And I think Sasha Baron Cohen is a reprehensible, sick piece of trash to to use a disabled veteran persona. Somebody that was blown up in combat. Somebody in their 20s that might have lost limbs. How sick. Do you have to be to impersonate one of these American heroes so you can mock somebody and degrade them and insult them? What kind of empty, sick person does that? Hollywood is is really devoid of morals and values and ethics. They are disgusting. They are disgraceful. They are absolutely, absolutely disgraceful. And we'll take some comments on that. But I want to go back to some of your comments on Mueller. You guys are uh, fast and furious here. And remember, you could super chat. You could donate a couple of bucks. It'll pop up. Uh, let's see. Just saw a good one that I like. We have so many comments on here. Uh, <clears throat> well, Con David said he hoped for a Mueller-style investigation that investigated Hillary and her gang. Yeah, good luck. That's not going to happen. I want it too, but no faith. Oh, here's the one. Morgan, Morgana Dundee said, if I told government auditors at the bank where I work, sorry, but I defy you. Ha. Ah. Oh, exactly. If any other American, Jim Jordan was right. There's a different set of rules. If any other American, any other person in the world defied the law as much as people in this Department of Justice and FBI, they'd be in prison already. Oh, wait, General Flynn has already had already plead guilty for a bogus charge of misstatements. So it's not just any American. If you're a conservative, if you're not aligned with Hillary Clinton's cabal, you get criminally charged. If you are, you get immunity. You get immunity. John Z. Lennon says in about presumably Jeff Sessions, little possum let down Trump. Trump felt obliged to give him the job. Trump will replace him after the, U, after the Russia witch hunt is over. Yeah, I agree. I agree he'll replace him. And yeah, he was pressured to give him the job. He was really pressured. To give him. Hi from Cardiff, UK, Gouldy 400. Hey, well, how you doing? How are you doing? Love that we have our international audience. Brian London says, I'm going to have to wait till I see what Sasha actually puts out. Sure, but you know what? I don't need to, Brian. I respect that. It's probably the better way to go. But I know Governor Palin 
I know she wouldn't lie about this because of her family's military sacrifices. Her word is good enough for me on this. But you know what? I encourage people, watch it. Let me know what you think. I do think, however, there are certain things that should be off limits. Impersonating disabled veterans to mock conservatives should be one of them. Then again, you know what? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm entitled to mine thinking anybody that would do it is a reprehensible piece of trash. Let's see what else we have. A lot on Jeff Sessions. <clears throat> a lot on Jeff Sessions. But you know, it, it goes to the, uh, I want to go back to Brian's point about seeing what he puts out. Doesn't that enable, if we, we on the right say, well, we want to see what he puts out. Doesn't that encourage Showtime to air it and them to profit off of it? And by the way, Sarah Palin wants Showtime not to air it, but if they do air it, she said, and I agree with her, they should donate all the proceeds to a veterans charity, all the profits, the veterans charity. And I agree, they should. They won't, they won't. They're the far left. They hate stuff like that. They won't. But they should, they should donate all the, all the proceeds to veterans charities. But to Brian, to your point, if we say, well, let's be more open-minded, let's be better than the left, let's, let's see what they put out. It makes them money. Doesn't that encourage them to just keep doing it? Look, this other moron, Michelle Wolf, that idiot who performed at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, who, who uh, insulted Sarah Huckabee Sanders for no reason. Her appearance, by the way, Michelle Wolf is, is gross. She's insulting Sarah Huckabee Sanders like, honey, look in the mirror. Uh, now she had a special on Showtime where she was doing a salute to abortion for Independence Day here in the U.S. That's sick. That's sick. I don't care what your view is on abortion. Doing a salute to the termination of, of life? That's sick. The left is sick. It's reprehensible. Female white conservative says, I love Sarah Palin. Yeah, she's very cool, actually. She's <laughs> a very cool person. She's fun to hang out with as well. Gail Kotchman says, like filthy Peter Fonda and disgusting De Niro. Well, exactly. Exactly, Gail. Exactly. Hollywood, the Hollywood elites, they hate us normal Americans. They hate us. They hate our guts. They find us beneath them. They find us low rent. They find us uncouth. No, they're better in their little elite bubble. They're better in their little elite bubble. Let's see. Uh, I wonder why he never considered Giuliani for AJ before he hired Sessions. Anthony Emmerich asks. He did. Trump wanted Giuliani as the attorney general. Rudy Giuliani wanted to be secretary of state. And Trump just didn't think he was the right guy for secretary of state. And that's why Giuliani was not appointed attorney general. He said no. Turned it down. He didn't want it. He said to Trump, look. I don't want to be attorney general. I've been to DOJ. I want secretary of state or nothing at all. We'll be friends and I'll help you out and advise you from time to time. So he was the first pick. Rudy Giuliani, that's some inside DC baseball. Just really Rudy Giuliani wanted to be secretary of state. What I was told is Rudy Giuliani had prostate cancer back in the day and it weakened him and he's, he's dealt with some health issues. Um, and he's a bit older and Trump just didn't feel that he had the, as Trump says, stamina to be secretary of state. That offended Rudy a bit. And I think he was a little, uh, a little insulted by that, decided to not take a job with the administration at all. I think in retrospect, he realizes it was a bad move. He should have taken the attorney general spot. Country would be in a much better place. Yeah, and Moondoggle says, Michelle Wolf said, says, God bless abortions. And she was, uh, she was gross. I'm going to address Robert Clute. Supposedly there's a witness to the Seth Rich murder. I don't believe it. 
I, I know the guy doing this, Jack Berkman, he's a nice guy, but he's a bit of a showman. This is a very shoddy investigation, a very loose fact pattern. I'm not giving this any credibility whatsoever. I think this is just more crazy conspiracy nonsense to put certain people in the limelight. I like Jack. I think he's a good guy. We're colleagues on another uh, thing I work on. I think he's off base on this. And, and that's what I'll say on that. I don't want to give it too much attention. Goldie 400 says, what's my view on Britain overall? Great people, dysfunctional leadership right now. That's my view on Britain overall. I love my friends from the UK. They're great. They're witty and they're funny and they're cool. And they're, you know, many of them are as conservative as we are here in the US. Unfortunately, they're just burdened by dysfunctional leadership, especially in London with Sadiq Khan as mayor. That's my view on Britain. Um, you know, and it's often the, 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 the case around the world. People are great. Their government sucks. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? I heard Rudy Giuliani stated they regretted that decision, Gail says, about not taking AG's job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, you know, I, I, I worked with um, many people who know Rudy very well back in New York. And I, I know him, but not well. Uh, extended. We're in a room together. It's how are you, but not a person I interact with. Uh, yes, he regrets the decision. I can tell you that from somebody I worked with in the police department who's a good friend, who's very close to Rudy. Very, very close. They actually work together now. Um, and he does regret it. He does regret it. Anthony Emmerich says, Trump sort of dissed Chris Christie too. Well, he really didn't. That was Jared Kushner. Trump couldn't have Chris Christie in the administration. I don't know if you guys know this, but Chris Christie was the U.S. attorney in New Jersey who prosecuted and put Jared Kushner's dad in prison. And that would have been a little awkward having those two guys in the uh, White House together or in the administration together. Yeah, that's why Christie didn't come in. Jared Kushner and Chris Christie cannot stand each other. Christie prosecuted and imprisoned <clears throat> Jared Kushner's dad. Yeah. Mashika says, nice forgotten man painting. Oh, 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 right behind me. Yeah, I, that was given to me. Really, Here's an interesting story about that. that um, it's a print, actually. It's not the painting. It was given to me by my former neighbor, <clears throat> my former neighbor when I lived in Miami. They owned a couple of art galleries. They were in their 80s. And they were a Cuban couple. And he was a member of Task Force 2506. That was the, the pro-freedom rebels fighting Castro at the Bay of Pigs. And so I would go to their house. He would tell me these amazing stories, show me these amazing photos. John F. Kennedy, of course, left them on the beach to die. The Democrats were even dysfunctional back then. <clears throat> but he was a really fascinating guy. And when I moved out of the neighborhood, he gave me that. They gave me that as a going away, uh, as a going away gift. So I really love it. And the backstory behind it is pretty damn cool. They were really, really nice people. And in their late 80s now and still kicking, still doing really well. <clears throat> Excuse me. My allergies are terrible and having a talk for an hour straight exacerbates it. <clears throat> but yeah, they were uh, their own greatest generation. So thanks for asking about the print. It's a cool story behind it. Yeah, Anthony Emmerich says, uh, oh yeah, real awkward. Yeah, it would have been pretty awkward having Jared Kushner, senior advisor to the president, having to sit in meetings with the guy who put his dad in prison. So. It's, uh, it's, um, yeah, that would have been a little, little bit, a little odd. Ely Guy says, asking for Jerusalem, any, uh, and by the way, thanks for tuning in. Love having my international audience. Any hope for cleansing the USA from its Sodom and Gomorrah corruption? Going to take a lot. <clears throat> it's going to take a lot to clean out the deep state. Are you ever going to get them all out? No. 
because you, there's no political test for a government job. And so is there a chance of reducing it? Yes. Is there a chance of reducing it significantly? No. Is there a chance of cleaning it out totally? Never. Never. I don't want to lie to you. It's, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <clears throat> yeah. So, and Anthony Emmerich says about Jared Kushner and Chris Christie, Chris Christie, oh yeah, technical knockout. <laughs> That's a good way to phrase that. I might, I might have to steal that from you and use it. No, but you're right. It is. It was a, it was a technical knockout. Absolutely. It really was. There wasn't much. Um, it wasn't much. Uh, was it wasn't much there yet. John Rufus says, Sarah Palin is the kind of woman I'm looking to marry. A bad choice. Still pretty attractive in her 50s. And uh, a lot of fun. Funny. Let's see what else you guys have for me. <clears throat> uh, so you're sad about Britain. As I am a Brit, I cannot believe how bad it has become. That's how America felt for eight years under Barack Obama. But take a look at where we are now. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You're starting to hear whispers about PM Boris Johnson, aren't you? So look, everything is cyclical, right? Without Jimmy Carter, look at the U.S. Without Jimmy Carter, we wouldn't have had Ronald Reagan. Without Barack Obama, we wouldn't have had Donald Trump. It really needs to get pretty dark before people see the light and do the right thing when, they, uh, when elections come around. So don't get discouraged. There's, uh, there's hope. There's hope. Bass Chica says, I just wish we'd see some equal justice to make an example of some of the worst ones. All of America does. Well, all of normal America does. All of normal conservative America does. Liberal America, eh, not so much. <clears throat> not so much. They love corruption and they love obstruction of justice as long as it suits their agenda. But here's the more important part of your point, Bass Chica. We need to see some equal justice right now. We need it. There's a tremendous crisis of confidence, tremendous crisis of confidence in federal law enforcement. And if we can't trust the FBI, if we can't trust the DOJ, well, who do we trust? Our entire system falls down. I'm not saying trust government, but we have to at least know that investigations are being handled, <clears throat> excuse me, investigations and, and, and uh, prosecutions are being handled fairly, ethically, impartially. Right now, we don't know. John Zeland says, U.S. Ambassador is talking up Trump-Boris Johnson meeting, further blow to embattle Theresa May. Yeah, the other day I said to you guys, I, by the skin of her teeth, Theresa May might survive this. I'm not so sure right now. I am not so sure. Not so sure. And uh, at this point, it's looking like she shouldn't. Outdaft UK says, and you're right, it could still get worse in the UK. We could still get socialist Corbyn. God help you if that happens. God help you if that happens. Goldie 400 says, will Britain become great again? I'm 16 and I don't have hope. Well, first of all, you're 16. I love that you're watching. Second of all, at 16, have hope. Have hope. I was 11 years old when Ronald Reagan was uh, uh, in office. I was uh, just going into high school when he left. And I'll tell you this. Have hope. It gets better. It gets better. And now... I watched Barack Obama nearly destroy this country, Goldie, and throw it off a cliff. Goldie, as Anthony Emmerich says, it will keep your head high. And then we got Donald Trump. And Donald Trump righted the ship, pun intended. In, he, he undid eight years of Obama disaster, Goldie, in like a year. 
18 months now. Hang in there. You're 16. It's going to get a lot better. It's going to get better because you see it. You're the future of your country. You're the future of Great Britain. You're informed. You're learning. You're tuning in here. You're consuming content. You're doing your own research. You're going to be the informed voter who, who pushes socialism out. Don't get discouraged. You're the front line of this. You're the tip of the spear. You're the one who's got to be out there driving the charge. I hope you run for office. <laughs> That's what you need to do, or, or, or guys and girls like you need to do that. You need to change things from the inside. Christopher Elliott says, greetings from the Mountain State, West Virginia, one of the most beautiful places I have ever been. West Virginia is absolutely beautiful. One of the places on my short list to buy some property. You guys have an absolutely beautiful, beautiful state up there. A very good friend of mine went to high school with, then he became a Marine JAG officer. Now uh, lives, he's a lawyer in Charleston. He fell in love with your state, moved his family there and set up his law practice there. Fell in absolute love with it. Beautiful, beautiful place. Allie Klein is telling Goldie, don't ever lose hope. They win if you lose, stay strong. Absolutely. 777, uh, talking about DOJ and FBI. As foundations of truth and justice has crumbled, how can it be rebuilt without transparency? Great question. It cannot. We need full transparency. Full, full, full transparency. MD says, yeah, my first legal vote was for Ronald Reagan as president, John. Wish it could have been mine. I was too young. Wish it could have been mine. But it couldn't. I was a little kid. Let's see. <clears throat> what else we got here? Wow, we're getting more uh, comments now. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Merkel might be getting the boot. Oh, God, I hope so. I hope so. That is long overdue. She's absolutely terrible. And I love that Trump is calling her an ally of Russia. We're going to do NATO tomorrow because I'm sure there are going to be some many, many more good comments. David Blythe says, anyone else think the baby Trump balloon is cute? If they are trying to make fun of him with that, they failed. Oh, it was an epic fail. And Trump's going to have some funny comment about it. And people here in the U.S. are laughing at it and think Sadiq Khan is an absolute moron. Uh, there might be an asked question about that. I see uh, Corbin put Naj Shah on his front bench. I really didn't. I did not. I haven't. I did not see that. Um, this is interesting. MD says to David Blythe, did you see where a GoFundMe was set up and almost instantly fully funded for a Sadiq Khan baby balloon? I wonder if they'll get that permitted. I didn't see that, but it's interesting. And you know what? We're going to follow that, MD. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. We're going to see if that thing gets going and if they pull the permit on that. Christopher Elliott says, we hate Joe Obama, Joe Mancini. Yes. And that is Joe Manchin's real name, Mancini. He shortened it. He was Italian. I don't know why he did it. I didn't shorten mine. Uh, Manchin is really all over the map, isn't he? Now I'm hearing on very good authority that Joe Manchin is going to be a yes vote on Kavanaugh to save his skin when he needs to run for reelection. So, Christopher Elliott, let me ask you an honest question, and I uh, hope you respond to me here. What's the, what is the real sentiment toward Joe Manchin in West Virginia? Because the guy keeps getting elected. I keep hearing you guys are over him. You want to go with a Republican. Why does he keep getting reelected? That's the part I don't get. And why does he have support? All right, so you're telling me that Christopher Elliott's saying again, Joe Manchin, and for those that don't know, Joe Manchin was governor of West Virginia. He's now a U.S. senator from West Virginia. He's a conservative Democrat, but then he'll caucus with Democrats and disappoint the more conservative base. So Christopher Elliott is saying Joe Manchin walked through a parade last year and was booed continuously. The second largest parade in West Virginia. Well, 
he's got to either switch parties and become a conservative or he's got to go. So what do you think, Christopher, the chances of West Virginians voting him out when he's up for re-election are if he doesn't switch over to the Republican Party and move hard right? What do you think? Let's see. Red Sox says, someone needs to take an air rifle to that Trump balloon. Well, in England, you'd probably go to jail for like 2,000 years for merely possessing an air rifle, I think. I don't advise that. Don't advise that. Christopher Elliott says, Southern West Virginia loves Joe Manchin. Why? Why do they love him? Is it more liberal down there? Like I said, I think you have an absolutely beautiful state. I just don't understand the political breakdown of your state geographically all that well. Okay, so explain why Northern West Virginia loves Joe Manchin and Southern uh, uh, Northern West Virginia hates him. Southern loves him. Rich Abe says, Joe, Jeff Sessions is a swamp creature. Uh, I think he's just really, really beaten down by the swamp. Meditech says, they'll, presumably meaning the conservative Democrats, will vote yes on Kavanaugh because they know he lost already. So what I was told yesterday by someone in Alabama who's got someone in Doug Jones, the Democratic senator's office, the guy was just elected because Roy Moore was a terrible candidate. Jones and Manchin are yes votes. They're working on Donnelly from Indiana because they know their constituency will not tolerate. They're both in pretty conservative states now, and their constituencies will not tolerate them being no votes, being obstructionists. Uh, I think that um, Kavanaugh passes easily. He's confirmed easily. Excuse me, easily. John Zeland says, you can't be a flip-flopper forever. Well, that's true. That's true. Christopher Elliott, coal union loves Democrats. It's a cult. But why? Why? The Democrats want to destroy the coal industry. This is what I don't understand. Or they want to privatize. Well, they want to make it public, rather. They want to socialize it under the Bureau of Land Management, which generates about $2 billion a year off coal while regulating the private coal industry out of existence. I'll never understand it. Goldie says, <clears throat> my, my dad, my father gave me the views I have today. He is right-minded and hates labor. Your dad sounds like an awesome guy. You'd have him watch the show and chat with us. We'd love to chat with him. He's setting a great example for you. So, Goldie, you keep it up. You keep it up at 16. Be so informed, man. Or I don't know if you're a man or a woman. Tired girl, but I'm going to say man. So. Uh, your father, you, oh, well, there you go, Goldie. Your dad was a Royal Marine. Well, that is badass. Please thank your dad for his service. Now I really want to have him on the show. Christopher says, neither does he. Can't understand why the coal unions vote for Democrats. I don't understand why any industry would vote for Democrats. They want to crush private industry. They hate the private sector. Left to their own devices, Democrats would destroy the private sector. Private sector is evil to them. Evil to them. Especially the coal industry. The environmental lobbies want to regulate it out of existence. They want to put coal miners out of work. They want to make their families starve and have them go to work on wind farms. It's bizarre to me. <clears throat> Help the Grand asks, are assault, <clears throat> are assault knives available in the UK? Might be a market for an entrepreneur. Goldie is a guy. Okay, Goldie, glad. Now I don't feel bad that I called you man. <laughs> I wouldn't talk about any knives in the UK. They want to ban kitchen knives. Soon you're not going to be able to butter your bread in the UK. You're going to have to use a spoon. Until somebody gets cut with a spoon, they're going to ban those, and then you're going to use your finger. That's how you're going to have to cut your steak. Terrible. Good Bal Garner says, why does no one talk about Northern Ireland when it comes to how wrong gun control can be? Got to talk about the whole world where guns have been seized by oppressive governments. Terrible, terrible, terrible thing. 
What do you mean, Anthony Emmerich, campaign against Article 13? Please explain. I'm not seeing campaigning. I, I'm not. Uh, oh, oh, oh. This is in the EU. I thought you were talking about something here. Okay. Let's see. Someone was arrested for carrying a potato peeler in the UK. Is that true? If that's true, that is really sad. Oh, my God. <clears throat> oh, my God. Felix Coates says, I do have a question concerning coal, if I may. Assuming the trade war with China keeps on going and China's economy implodes from population problems and built-in economic rackets, what's the question? Won't that hurt the coal industry? No, no, no. A lot of uses for clean coal here in the U.S. A lot of uses for it. I think, uh, and the U.S. is going to become the uh, largest producer and exporter of oil by 2023. I saw a story that that timeline might even be accelerated. I think the U.S. energy industry is, uh, is going to be doing just fine. <clears throat> Goldie says, this is an interesting comment. There's a lot of tension in my school between Muslims and white boys. They are always fighting. Yeah. You guys have a problem with that over in the U.K. Keep the faith, man. Keep the faith. And your dad is a Royal Marine. I'm sure he, uh, you said he was a Royal Marine. Nah. Once you're in one of those special units, you're always in one of those special units. I was out. I had a uh, drink last night with a buddy of mine. He was SEAL Team 6 for five years, 14 years in the Navy, 12, 12 of those with the SEALs, SEAL Team 4, and then over to SEAL Team 6 for his last five years, uh, two full years of combat deployments. These guys are always SEALs or Royal Marines or U.S. Marines. Credit to your dad again. Thank him for his outstanding, outstanding service. Yeah, look, uh, they're, they're, Christopher's talking about Democrats in West Virginia. We have a, we have a lot of, of comments coming in about that. Look, Democrats are, uh, Christopher's thanking me for getting his name correct. I'm guessing it's the Elliot. Christopher's easy. It's my brother's name and common name. Elliot, well, I uh, grew up in New York City. A lot of different names. Got to learn how to pronounce them. But uh, yeah, the Democrats here, well, I think they're in, in major trouble during the midterms. And the Supreme Court, speaking of unions, the Supreme Court just ruled against, well, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> before the end of the term, ruled against public sector unions. They can no longer charge dues to those who don't want to be members. But those non-members can still benefit from the collective bargaining. So I think you're going to see more and more people drop out of the union. Why be part of the union? Why deal with their socialism and their dictatorial style if you don't have to and you can still benefit from the collective bargaining? I think that uh, I think that there's going to be a tremendous exodus from unions, people left to their own devices. And there should be. There should be. Unions are are uh, I think unions are useless. I think they were necessary at a time when we didn't have cell phone cameras and regulatory agencies making sure that factories and dangerous workplaces were safe. But now they simply exist as an arm of the Democratic Party, as a shadow form of, of socialist institution. And they uh, donate most of their money to Democrats. I don't think there's any reason for union anymore. Unions anymore. Good uh, by Garner says, did you hear about the guy in the UK that defended himself from a robbery in his home and is now being charged with a racial hate crime? I've seen many, many of these stories. I shouldn't say many, but I've seen several of these come out of the UK. They blow my mind. Living in the US, living in Florida, a state with the castle doctrine where we can use deadly force to stop home invasion. This is insane to me. This is insane to me. Goldie says, I met a British veteran the other day, fought in World War II. He spotted me wearing a Royal Marine shirt and said, thanks for supporting and keeping support alive. The different breed back then, those guys. Different breed. Outstanding. Glad he's still alive. 
Glad he's still alive. Even with our own problems, some of what passes for law enforcement and justice in the UK, seen on this side of the pond, is downright terrifying. MD said that. I agree. And again, I know many police uh, officers from the UK. I'm in groups with them. Law enforcement groups. Haven't been NYPD. I speak to them. They're not happy about this. Remember something. Don't blame the police. The police are instruments of domestic policy. Far-left politicians set domestic policy. The police would love to do their job. English cops, British cops, some of the most hardcore cops I ever met. But they are handcuffed, unintended, by liberal politicians. Amendment to the Constitution, nationwide castle doctrine, and stand your ground laws. Yeah, we'd love to see it. But then again, it infringes on states' rights. It infringes on states' rights. It's unfortunate, but it does. Anyway, guys, it's been another awesome, awesome show with you today. I'll be back here tomorrow morning with you at 7.30 a.m. Please tune in. Get your questions ready. Pretty sure we're going to be doing NATO tomorrow, and we'll pick another topic. We'll see what's happening. We'll see what's timely, what breaks overnight. Until then, you guys have a great one. I'll see you tomorrow. 